Hello and welcome to Pod Rocket. So today we are very fortunate to have Andre Erickson on with us. Hi, Andre. How you doing? Hello. I'm doing great. Thanks. How are you? Good. Thank. Thanks for taking the time to come on the show. So, Andre is really a, a jack of all trades, a full stack developer who's bringing us a very exciting project that he's been working on called Encore. So we're gonna delve into Encore, talk a little bit about the paradigms behind it. Uh, some of the decisions that are made and who it's going to be empowering and helping uh, in the Go community landscape. Because this is a Go, we call we can call it a framework, right? This is a Go framework. You don't yeah. hear that every day. <laughs> there's not a lot. I feel like there's not a lot of Go framework. So that's cool. Uh, so Eric has also worked at Spotify for seven years. And if anybody's heard stories on Stack Overflow or Y Combinator, you know, that's the real deal. Working at Spotify, they do a lot of amazing heavy step over there. So yeah, thank you for coming on, uh, Andre, and let's get right into it. So why don't we start with why did you found Encore? And what is Encore? Like if you were to do 30 seconds for anybody that doesn't preemptively know it, who's watching the show? Yeah, so the very short thing, um, the very short version of what Encore is, is we think of it as a backend development engine. And what we mean by that is you can think of it as a framework, but something that does much, much more than a traditional framework. So Encore not only makes it easier to write code in your editor and make it easy to build distributed systems and backends, it also takes that value in all the way out into production. So helping you deal with the cloud essentially and everything that that entails, whether it's boilerplate or complexity or infrastructure or observability or CI and CD and so on. So it's a very end-to-end -end experience for backend development. What's like one of the number one things in terms of the speeding up the backend process that you would like to brag to somebody about? Just so I can orient my head around like what layer we're thinking at. Because backend's huge, right? Everything's a backend. So yeah. Uh, so we, you know, if you look at the the last, say, 10 years uh, or 15 years with the introduction of the cloud, um, which most people would say started with AWS in 2006, right? And before then, you know, it was really simple to build a backend. You just rented a server somewhere and then you put your software on it and then it ran. And these days, you know, everyone is building distributed systems and microservices and everyone is worrying about availability and reliability and uptime and consistency and scalability, not to, not to forget maybe the most important thing. And we're never going back to that world because everybody expects so much more out of modern software than uh, back then. Oh, yeah. And... With that shift to the cloud, what used to be very simple is nowadays much, much more complicated. And it turns out most of that stuff that you have to do in exchange for the, the power and flexibility that you get with the cloud, you end up having to do a lot of fairly mundane, boring, boilerplate work that isn't really about your product. Uh, Basically, every single company building backends are going through exactly the same challenges and doing the same type of work over and over again. And that's really what we're trying to change. It's good for the uh, 
DevOps guys, you know, once you figure it out, you just kind of build up your little script library and just hit go when you get to your new company, you know, it's kind of, it all works out. So yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's very true. When, when you're starting something new, there's a lot of boilerplate. So what's, what's one of the examples of Encore and how it reduces that boilerplate right from the start? So we, we took some inspiration from, if you've seen tools like Terraform or Pulumi, this so-called infrastructure as code, where you're basically describing the infrastructure that you want as uh, in like a programming language. And then these tools analyze that and then provision the infrastructure for you. And we felt this is very powerful, but why is it a separate thing from your actual application? And so what Encore really is all about is not having to write that additional step in the first place. Uh, Encore instead lets you just define your backend with a regular programming language in Go. And you can define, you know, in a very lightweight way, you just define functions that then become API endpoints. And you can then start to use infrastructure primitives like defining a database or a queue or an object storage bucket or a cron job or whatever directly in your business logic. And then Encore analyzes that and builds up uh, a graph and essentially a model of your whole distributed system and then can, can in the same way that Terraform or Pulumi works, can take that model and provision all of the infrastructure for you. And unlike uh, other tools that you know try to make it easy to develop for the cloud, Encore isn't trying to get you to you know buy infrastructure from us. We deploy straight to your own cloud, so you get all of that flexibility of you know I want to use AWS or GCP or Azure or whatever, and we will just work with your cloud provider to provision it straight into your own cloud. So you retain. 100% full control over your backend, but still you get all these productivity benefits that you might get from Heroku or whatever. So for the cloud interoperability, that's something that needs to be built into the framework, right? The framework needs to know how to talk to these guys. Um, so you mentioned GCP, AWS. Now, what if we want to self-host? Like, is there OpenStack support? Is there uh, s any sort of self-hosted or bare metal support there? Uh, not something that we provide right now. There are uh, people already doing that by themselves, uh, but the the official support, if you will, is limited to the major cloud providers right now. We definitely want to extend that to you know any server in the world that you want to use uh, will be supported. But because so much is based on this idea of how can we understand how everything fits together and, and use that understanding to make your experience 10 times better, we, we really want to be very deliberate about how we add that support so that even if you deploy to your own server that's running in a closet, we can still provide you all of those benefits. Um, Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And and when you try to abstract to any server, you really have, you're solving a new problem at that point. It's really like, how do we abstract computing to a manageable, 
mappable kind of space, which is, that's a whole other thing in itself, I'm sure. I specifically was asking about OpenStack because they do have some of this like, oh, I want an R5X large, but you know, the whole like, it's a whole other can of worms. So yeah, to- totally understand uh, that. And besides the majority of deployments that we're going to find these days are all on the major cloud providers. So uh, it's very fitting there. Uh, at Sp- At Spotify, how would you use Encore, right? If is there some way when you worked there, however many years ago, that this would have been a, a lifesaver? Yeah. So our team basically comes from you know it's a team of people from from Spotify and Google and Monzo in the UK, all these really modern tech companies, and, and from the outside, it often feels like you know surely these people have figured it out right like it's gonna like if i just join these companies everything is going to be amazing uh and then on the inside it's uh it's not really the same way we uh, at spotify and and basically all these unicorn tech companies they dedicate about 30 percent of their engineering headcount to infrastructure and internal tooling so 30% of the engineers are dedicated to improving the productivity of the remaining 70%. And Spotify has several thousand engineers at this point. Not cheap. <laughs> and they've been doing this for over 15 years. So surely the it's all perfect on the inside at this point. Of course. But the reality is, you know, when you're this big company, you have these really difficult challenges because everybody has just been doing their own thing for 15 years. That there is no standards, there are no, uh, there are guidelines, uh, and there are standards, but nobody is following them. So everything looks different, and that means that it's almost impossible to build a really fantastic developer experience because it's all the wild, wild west, basically. And so the reality is. If you use Encore today and you're like an early stage startup or whatever, you will be much more productive than if you join Spotify, even though they've spent 15 years making themselves more productive. And that's that's really weird to think about, right? And the same is true at, at uh, Monzo and, and Google where you even though you have all of these investments into internal tooling it's so difficult to really make a dent when you cannot build a cohesive experience and that's that's really what encore is all about is how can we build a really fantastic experience that is more opinionated maybe than you're used to but the the trade-off is that you get an experience that you simply cannot get in any other way I think it's really easy to quickly jump to the conclusion of this thing's too opinionated and therefore we're not going to use it. The thing is, like in the in the context of Go, if you're using a framework, you're already too opinionated because <laughs> that you know that's how Go rolls. Um, and, and on the and on the other hand, I've listened to one other podcast you were on where there was kind of a uh, a long back and forth about how opinionated is Encore, right? And and one of the gentlemen speaking was coming from my back and being kind of ops, DevOps oriented. So from my perspective, it's like, well, if we have standards that are in code, they'll actually be followed because you can have as many standards as you want. 
nobody's going to follow them unless there's an ironclad rule at the end and they have to do it. So if you're kind of like cornered a little bit into what you need to do and you lay the foundation, from my perspective, my job will be 10 times easier. Yeah. I'll know how the application's built. I'll know how to troubleshoot. I'll know where to look for logs, you know. Um, speaking on the uh, on the topic of observability, visibility, whatever whatever you want to call it, right? How does Encore like handle that? Because there's a lot of pieces we're talking about here. Like in, in my application, I can just say, boom, give me a queue. Where do I get logs? Where can I see the throughput? How can I troubleshoot that? Um, maybe we could start to talk a little bit about these abstractions that are made and some yeah. of the magic uh, for those concerned about it. Yeah, that was a, that's really interesting. I think in many ways, this was a key driver behind Encore being open source, which is that you can actually dig into what's going on inside. And we have companies who are using it who, like uh, like you mentioned, and maybe this is a slight digression, but they, when you have these standards that are enforced, you know, Encore is essentially a compiler. And if you do something that violates the standards that Encore uh, set, you will get a compile time error saying, you know, if you want to do this with Encore, you have to do it this way. And that means that you have these guarantees about how things are structured. So because it's open source, uh, and the parser and the static analysis and all of that is is available as just a regular Go library, you, uh, companies are actually importing that and then using this to get a really much more detailed understanding of their own internal systems. So then you can build your own tools on top of that if you want. If you want to figure out you know, how, how are teams building their solution, maybe you want to build some... like internal documentation system that is maybe more specific to your use case. Uh, Encore already provides API documentation, but you know there's always an opportunity to do more. Um, you can do that because you can. it's all open source and you can just use that. The fact that Encore sets these standards for you can then become something that you can turn around on and build more innovative tools on top of. Right, okay. So it's really, we can get down as deep as we want. It's open source. We can really pick it apart. What's an example of how, you know, this company you just mentioned, for example, Anonymous, that is using Encore to check and kind of provide these bowling guardrails on their lanes. Uh, can we dig into that a little bit and like talk about what value they're actually getting? Like, what are they checking? Yeah. So, you know, every company you end up, like we've talked about, you end up with these you're building internal tools, you're building, you're setting standards and guidelines and so on. Uh, and just by virtue of building their backend with Encore, they already, they came in and found Encore and already had a backend. Um, and they realized, you know, they built some prototypes and realized this can be huge in terms of just how we as a company can enforce these standards. So they started building a fairly opinionated uh, onboarding script that is very tied to their new Encore backend. And they found that just by having these things in place, they essentially could cut onboarding time by 80% um, compared to their, their previous stack. And that came down to just having this understanding that came from the Encore parser and then building like a fairly small set of tools 
that were specific to their use case. Like, oh, we're we're constantly doing this sort of work. Let's write a small program that uses the Encore parser and then spits out uh, something and then kind of go from there. So I can't go too much into detail about what, what exactly they're doing, um, but uh, it was pretty night and day in compared to their old solution in terms of just onboarding new people. Uh, and that also comes down to the fact that, you know, everything is set up in the same way that once you've seen one of them, uh, like, oh, this is how you do, this is how you define an API, or this is how you define a backend service, then suddenly you, you know for a fact that everything will look the same regardless of uh, which uh, service I'm looking at. Do you feel like Encore uh, helps I, I want to say package Go into a more understandable, workable thing if you're approaching Go for the first time. I remember when I first did Go, I was angry and overwhelmed for about two weeks because there was no functional support, oh, very little functional support. And to actually get a web server working, you know, the way you should with returning errors, returning logs, it's hard. So does Encore, you think, help speed up this process of like uh, new people getting into it? Like if you're new to Go, should you check out Encore? Is this something you should start with? Because usually when people, uh, you know, get into JavaScript, you don't tell them to go start with React. Yeah. Um, so I would like to say yes. Uh, obviously, I'm biased here. Uh, there are a lot of people coming to Encore who are new to Go. And in their words, absolutely they definitely feel this is a really easy way to get started with Go. Um, but it's also, I think, and our goal is certainly that it's a really easy way to get started with backend development, period. Because I think in the last, say, 10 years, there's been incredible innovation on the front-end side with uh, like the state of, yeah, it, you know, as a long, long time backend engineer, many, many years ago, it was really easy to look at JavaScript and go like, "Oh, this is terrible!" You know what's going on? Uh, <laughs> and then you know you can be a bit you uh, uh, you you blink, and and suddenly a few years later, you know they're the ones uh, looking down on you because front end development these days is in a much better state than backend development. Uh, and I think in many ways, it's because the like JavaScript being the standard has spurred a lot of innovation because you can make assumptions about how things will work. On the backend side, you have, you know, what, 10, 15 different programming languages that people use. And within each one, and numerous frameworks and libraries and so on, it's impossible for any tool that tries to support all of them to provide an opinionated, uh, excellent experience. Um, so that's why, you know, Encore says, okay, we're just going to pick one. Uh, and we picked uh, Go for reasons. Um, it happens to be a really fantastic language for backend development. But I think in many ways, the most important thing was just picking one. Because by, by right. saying, we're going to standardize on this, and this is how things are going to work, that enables the sort of innovation that you have seen on the front-end side. 
Right. It's really conglomeration, conglomerization and organization of you know, what tools we're using and how we're using them. Uh, so uh, it, are, is there anything that you would warn against people? If, let's say I'm inventing some crazy IoT backend that uh, needs to communicate with millions of sensors uh, over IRC, because why not from the 90s, right? Is there anything you would warn me against using Encore right away? Is there anything that like you might want to look out or like certain use cases that might require a heavy-handed, uh, more experience in yep. order to keep the ball rolling? So uh, we're definitely working on supporting you know all different types of use cases, whether it's uh, TCP uh, talking to IRC servers or uh, Encore itself like an Encore application itself being an IRC server or whatever um, or you know streaming live streaming video whatever have you uh, today we are focused very much on you know services that are exposing APIs over HTTP uh, and that's HTTP 1 HTTP 2 HTTP 3 uh, whatever um, so that's where we're starting. So as long as what you're doing fits into like a traditional HTTP API, it should be a pretty good fit. I wouldn't use it if you're live streaming video because the way Encore works is it's it's very much focusing on this serverless paradigm where things can come up and down over time. Uh, so more stateless than you know, long running service that is doing really, you know, keeping a lot of things in memory and it can't crash because then the, the live stream will go down or whatever. So that's where we're focusing today. But we, we will add support for other, uh, maybe more unusual use cases over time. But it's important to start with, you know, the, the most common use case and making that experience really amazing before moving on to other use cases. Yeah, you got to make sure it's done right. So so people stay, right? Um, on the topic of what's going on in the future, like what, what can we use it for? What can we not use it for? What's being worked on right now? Like what's actively in development? What type of issues are really interesting that are open on your uh, GitHub? That, you know, if we have listeners that want to go contribute, check it out. What should they look at? Yeah, so the main things we're working on right now is is adding support for what we consider the main like cloud primitives. And what I mean by that is, you know, what really changed with backend development with the advent of the cloud is in many ways, software isn't really being written anymore as much as it's being composed. Um, you're taking these managed services and you're kind of plugging them together. Um, so you're taking, you, you have your API and that's receiving some data and then you put that data on a queue and then you need that queue to exist. And then you need something to listen on the other end. And then, you know, you're building up these abstractions with these, uh, Lego blocks, essentially. We're becoming, um, practitioners, uh, less engineers because it's, you know, just putting together the, the correct things correctly, <laughs> I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And we want to get back to where backend development is much more about, you know, how can we spend our time and energy and, and leverage our skills in building products? Uh, 
And you know, when you are building it with these Lego blocks, um, the state today is that you're spending all of that time configuring all of these Lego blocks. <laughs> so your job essentially becomes essentially just plumbing things together. So that's why we're spending all of our time writing YAML files and and configuration these days, as opposed to you know building excellent products, um, which is really where we should be spending our time. And to do that, you know that's very much what Encore is about: is how can we take these concepts, put them straight into your editor, so that if you want to define a queue and then use it, that's you know one line of code in your program. You don't need to do anything else to hook everything together. And then when Encore deploys your application to production, it will then set up that queue and it will set it up in a way that makes sense for your cloud provider and your needs. And that's really what we're working on right now is is adding support for all of these uh, really critical building blocks that people want to build their applications with. So coming up soon is things like object storage, uh, queues, uh, caching, um, and yeah, I mean, there's lots more, lots of different types of databases, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that's like the very next thing we're working on. Um, and a big part of what we're doing and, and everything, all of this is being done in the open is, um, figuring out what that API should look like. Like, how should we make that experience as fantastic as possible? And how can we make it, like, how do we find the right balance between uh, ease of use and flexibility? And how can we make the the common cases simple, but still allow for more advanced use cases uh, so you don't run into limitations? So we're doing a lot of work on figuring out what these APIs should look like. Uh, so feedback is definitely uh, very valuable on that. And then looking a bit ahead, we want to spend much more time, you know, when we have these building blocks in place on innovating on the experience that is back in development. You know, how can we make it easier to debug your software? How can we make it easier to... Uh, observe it? How can we make it easier to, um, you know, not just go from, you know, now I'm spending all of my time in your editor, but then how can we make that as productive as possible? How can we add, how can we take insights from your production environment and feed them back into you in your editor so that when you're writing code for an API, you should be able to get insights like, hey, this API is being called uh, 300 million times a day. You really need to think about this because you're about to call that service over there and it's going to immediately fall over because uh, it can't handle this load because it's uh, uh, it's much slower than your service. Like it's SLA is that it will respond in 300 milliseconds because it's doing this really compute-heavy thing. You can't just go off and call that uh, 300 million times a day. If I could have a framework that could preemptively warn me like that, I'm done, man. That's that's all I need. That sounds beautiful. Uh, uh, 
am I calling this endpoint 300 million times? That can sneak under the rug. You have no idea that that's happening until you slap on a, a monitoring framework that's way too expensive that your company shouldn't be paying for. And then you find it out and you're like, oh, well, damn, let me go fix that. So that sounds really cool. Um, I, I want to go check out the, your framework right now. Uh, I'm currently building a little endpoint to uh, just be a proxy, right? It's very simple. But if I could see how things are, how the memory is flowing through and what endpoints are being hit, that would make my life a lot easier. Um, so, and, and I guess like to circle back on to the uh, what's going forward, what you guys are working on, it's a lot of legwork, right? It's uh, interacting with these cloud providers, figuring out the right way to abstract them. Um, speaking of, you, you keep mentioning like, oh, if I want to make a queue, it's just really simple. I just throw it in my code. I want to do a really quick deep dive, if that's all right with you. And I'm really curious about how that, like, what's the semantics of that happening? Is there like a file where I define a Terraform-esque thing? Because I'm thinking like, okay, there's a file and it tells me what my infrastructure looks like. But the thought of defining a queue in one line in my program, is that like state, stateless in some way? And it checks that it's there. Like, how, how does that work? So in in many ways, uh, Encore is a compiler, right? Like you have, people are used to compilers that essentially take your code and turn them into a binary that you can execute. Encore is a different type of compiler in that it takes your program and compiles it to a distributed system. So the output is not one binary, but like here are 15 different uh, microservices and these are this is how they're deployed and this one needs a database and this one needs a queue and that one is connected to that queue and so on. Um, and the way it works is exactly like a compiler uh, in that the API, like what you as a user of Encore, uh, what you're interfacing with is just here is a package and it's a package called uh, queue. And then to define a queue, you just create a variable in your program that essentially by using a constructor like q.new. And then you pass in the parameters into that function call and it becomes a, a an object in your program that you can just interface with. So if you want to publish things on that queue, it's just a method called, called uh, publish. And then... On the other end, you can interface with the same object to receive things on the other side of the queue. So we're essentially providing this abstraction where infrastructure resources are just objects that you define in your program. Uh, so it's just a regular Go-based API where in the same way, if you want to construct, uh, I don't know, uh, an HTTP request, you import the HTTP package and then you fill in the fields. Uh, and with Encore, you can do the same thing with infrastructure. And then it just becomes a native Go object with methods, and you just interface with them. And then Encore takes care of all the rest, you know, setting up it uh, to actually work. Uh, it works the same way for local development. It works the same way in GCP, AWS, Azure, whether it's a production environment or a testing environment or whatever. Um, and it works whether it's one service or 15 or 50, uh, whether it's deployed in one region of the world or 20 regions in the world, it's all the same. So it will make that queue if it doesn't exist. And if it already exists, it'll say, all right, 
I'm deploying this thing. I can see these things are connected with the queue in this queue. It's already there. So we're not going to create it. We're going to hook into it. it. It takes care of all of that for us. And beautiful. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. It's too good to be true. I haven't used Ruby on Rails, but this sounds like, um, yeah, uh, fr from my colleagues who have used it, it's very much like you define these objects and it like will take care of you. It'll, sounds great. Um, so yeah, if, if any of our viewers want to go check out Encore, we'll uh, put it in the show notes, the GitHub link. Are there any other like resources or things you'd want to point people to uh, or projects you'd want them to look at or anything really? Yeah, so um, the official project website is encore.dev. Um, you'll also find that on the GitHub page. Um, and then we're working on a bunch of uh, example projects. So if you want to do something like, oh, I want to build a simple SaaS application or, I don't know, a to-do list, I guess, is the canonical example project. Of course. Um, yeah. We we have a bunch of examples on how you can build things with Encore, and we're actively working on adding more of that. Um, so you can find that on on both our GitHub as well as in the documentation on Encore.dev. Great. So we'll link the the GitHub and Encore.dev. All right. Thank you so much, Andre, for taking time to come on the show. Uh, it was great talking about Encore. Um, I know I'm definitely going to go use it <laughs> just because it looks cool. I, I, I like organizing because I always get too messed up in the things I write in the back end. So, uh, yeah, thank you for your time and look forward to seeing you around. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.